Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is the future of cars with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in the automotive industry and its supporting ecosystem and help them move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to help make the world run better and drive to a better place, it's time to run and drive with the Game Changers. And this is exactly where the best run. We are coming to you. I'm not at Sapphire now in Orlando, but my three panelists are. We're very excited to have them on. This is a, a different flavor of the future of cars. So let me tell you what the buzz on the street is, a little bit about what we're going to be discussing today, and then I'll be very happy to tell you who my three panelists are. So the buzz is a quote from Alan Baum at Baum & Associates. SupplyChainDive.com, and here's the quote. There's a lot more code in an automobile nowadays than there is in a cell phone or even in a plane. Hmm, lot to chew on there. So these are exciting times for automotive technology suppliers. What are they supplying? New electronics, sensors, batteries, all kinds of things. Considering the growth, and we talk about this all the time on this series, the growth in the autonomous, electric, and shared mobility options today, suppliers are having to redesign their components and their business models. Why? The market is flooded with new trends. So what's keeping the automotive supplier CEOs awake at night, they've got a lot on their plate. They have to improve their performance. They have to drive down their costs. They have to improve their quality, increase their customer satisfaction, boost their user experience, and of course, retain their employees. Wow, no wonder they're awake at night. So what's the answer? Drive. I keep using that. Sorry, but we're talking future of cars here. Drive to a fully integrated real-time system in the cloud. What's going on in the cloud? Modern disruptive technologies and more agile business processes. We're checking in today with three of our experts who are at Sapphire Now 2019 in Orlando about the road ahead for automotive suppliers. So officially, welcome to the Future of Cars with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. And let me tell you who my three extraordinarily smart and motivated and driven panelists are today. We're going to be welcoming two newcomers and one of the sponsors of the series. Mike Latkovic is the Vice President, North America Market Leader for Automotive Suppliers at Capgemini. Greetings. Greetings to Mike. He's joined by Judy Cubis, who is a sponsor of this series. She is a global director for automotive and IMNC at SAP. And she has invited one of her colleagues from SAP, Hagen Hubeck, and we'll find out all about what he does. I'm looking at his bio. He's director and regional head of the industry business unit for automotive at SAP SE. So welcome to my three panelists. And now let's see what's going on with Mike Lakovic. He has sent me a very interesting quote. I'm scrolling up to my notes here. He sent us a quote from from A League of Their Own. It was stated in the movie by Tom Hanks, who played Mike Dugan, a grumpy has-been coach. If you haven't seen the movie, it's a classic. By the way, it was released on July 1st, 1992, directed by the late, great Penny Marshall, and the featured song was, This Used to Be My Playground. We'll just leave it there. Here is the quote Mike has selected. There's no crying in baseball. What a classic. Mike Lackovet, how are you, and how is Sapphire so far? Good morning. Fantastic. Sapphire is energetic. There's a lot of excitement in the air. The world is changing, and everyone here is interested to figure out how to keep pace and get back up to bat. 
There you go. I like that energy, Mike. Now, let's talk about this quote. There's no crying in baseball. This quote I've heard is is almost more famous than the movie itself, and the movie certainly has been carrying on a reputation for what they talked about since it was released in 1992. How many years is that, Mike? 19 and 8, 27 years ago? My, how time flies. So tell me how you picked this quote. We're talking about automotive suppliers. Yeah. The reality is that baseball is all about the at-bat. And if you look at the batting average of most players, well under 50%. A good batting average would be a 300 or a 30%. It would be tremendous. The reality is in the business that we're in, the business of automotive, it's tough. And everything continuously changes. The reality is we have to just get back up to bat. Sometimes you're going to strike out. Sometimes you'll get a walk, but the reality of a baseball and the reality of what we're doing in the market is all about those at-bats. And we've got clients, we've got the entire industry that continues to change inning by inning and at-bat by at-bat. There's no crying in baseball. Let's get back up to bat and let's keep competing. Let's keep changing. Let's keep innovating. And eventually we're going to hit that home run and eventually we'll get on base. And it's bat after bat after bat. And I think it's a fantastic analogy for what we're trying to do in the market with our clients and everyone here at Sapphire. It certainly is. And, and Mike, do you think this is something you need to print up on a mug or a T-shirt and say this to the automotive suppliers today who may be saying, oh, gee, we've been doing okay. Oh, well, so the market's changing. Well, we've got enough of these components and those accessories, and we can still stay in business. Do you think that's enough, or do they really need to step it up and drive harder to the future? You know, I'm very optimistic about what we're seeing. I don't see a lot of emos or eors out there that are depressed or sad about the market. I see people exhilarated. I see people looking for the opportunity of how to compete, where that new product might come from, where that new you know, OE relationship might exist. Uh, so I think everyone's very excited about getting back up to bat and seeing what that next pitch might be. Thank you. I love the optimism and the metaphor is fabulous, Mike. So let's let's keep up that thread. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go to Judy Cubis at SAP. And Judy has sent us a, a very iconic quote from Henry Ford, 1863 to 1947, American captain of industry, founded the Ford Motor Company. And in his day, even in his day, with fast forwarding the value of what he earned, he is considered the sixth wealthiest figure of the modern period with a network equivalent to up to $199 billion. Here's the quote, listen up everyone, from Henry Ford. Failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. Love the quote. Judy Cubis, how are you and how's Sapphire so far? It's great. The the show floor looks amazing. It's really open. There's a lot of interaction and uh, the keynote's well underway. So I think it's going to be a great Sapphire. I bet it is. I don't think we've ever done a live broadcast from Sapphire before, so I'm very pleased that you designed the show this way. And a shout-out to your colleague Miranda LeBate at SAP. Is Miranda there with you at Sapphire, Judy? No, not this year. Okay, well, I was going to have her come on and say hello, so we'll just do a remote shout-out to Miranda. So, Judy, tell me, th- this is interesting. Your quote, failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. If I pull that over to the quote we just had from a league of their own, uh, Coach Mike Dugan, there's no crying in baseball. Do you think those fit very well together as a message for automotive suppliers today? I think 
so. I mean, I think it talks to the same theme. I mean, I think in this day and age with so much change and all the megatrends that are happening, people have to take risks and they have to innovate and uh, they have to be prepared to try, fail and get up and try it again in a different way. And I love the use of the word intelligence because obviously we've been preparing for Sapphire and the intelligent enterprise and how suppliers and all enterprises need to respond to a lot of these channels. It's got to be Mm -hmm. in a much more strategic and intelligent way. Thank you, Judy. And and I'm going to ask you the same question I just asked Mike Lakovic at Capgemini. Do you think the suppliers are aware of this? Is this breaking news? Do you think that they're saying, eh, We'll get there eventually. Or do you think they're excited, go to work and say, today's a brand new day. We're going to re-examine how we do business, how we have our supply chain, where we get our supplies from, the innovative offerings we need to deliver to the market. Do you think that they're really poised to pounce on this new world of automotive? I think they're really excited. I think that they see this as a big opportunity. I think there's a lot of innovation in both the technology and the, and the sort of the products as far as, you know, electric vehicles and autonomous cars. There's a lot of, you know, new products and technology that's coming out there. So that, And there's also opportunities for the suppliers. As new players come in, you know, they, they have the opportunity to contribute so much more than they used to do with the old automotive companies. They can move up and down the value chain, and I think it's a big opportunity for them, and they're very excited and you see that in a lot of the, the moves that they're making and the way that they talk about the opportunity and a lot of the products that are coming out and the fact that they, you know, they're, they're much more visible at shows like Consumer Electronics. You know, they're, I think they, they're excited and they see a big opportunity. Thank you very much, Judy. Glad to have you on board. And now let's turn to our third panelist. And I'm, I'm watching him. He is tweeting. He just tweeted, don't miss how intelligent enterprises successfully cross industry lines at hashtag Sapphire now. And he's watching, uh, it looks like another uh, keynote level with Peter Mayer and Laurie Mitchell Keller. Laurie has been on this show before. It's Hagen Huback. So he's very, very busy and we're happy you're joining us, Hagen. Hagen has sent us a quote from Gordon B. Hinckley, 1910 to 2008, an American religious leader and author who was the 15th president of the LDS Church. That's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, he was the oldest one to ever hold that office, yes, to preside over the church. And he was awarded 10 honorary doctorate degrees. Very interesting. So here's the quote. You can't plow a field simply by turning it over in your mind. What a great quote. Hagen Hubeck, how are you? Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks for the invitation, and great to be at Sapphire again here. And yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Excited to discuss and exchange with you on the new mobility and ecosystem and impact for supplier, of course. Thank you. Well, thank you. Now we got to put you to work here. So we want to know about this interesting quote. I love it because it's, it's, I think, really hits to the point, comes to the point of what we're trying to say is, are the automotive suppliers today thinking about it? Are they doing something about it, about looking at their business models, looking at their supply chains, looking at what their offerings are? So what's your, what's your thought based on this quote, Hagen? Sure. And, and look, I mean, first of all, bringing here at Sapphire, actually, the whole ecosystem and the industry together, it's one of the most valuable opportunities, actually. You know, what we always see, actually, also in the 
um, in the industry by ourselves. By I mean, you know, our industry is changing so dramatically with new mobility and all these new business models just pushing into the market as well as all the new really groundbreaking technology. Personally, I've been to automotive and the industry for 30 years, actually, now since I can think about it. And what we saw in the change over the last four or five years, it's, it's really groundbreaking. Yeah? And having actually all the industry together, it also is clear, you know, you know, we are discussing now since a couple of years about how we actually could shift into electric, uh, electronic vehicles, how we could shift in a fully connected car, how we could supply actually the next autonomous car and ecosystem to the world and how the future actually not of automotive by itself, more like of a future mobility ecosystem could work. This doesn't happen actually if we're just sitting here on our laps and discussing this is happening if we just do it. Yeah? And that's why actually the, the quote was actually so uh, groundbreaking for me of saying, okay, go out, do something and let's mm-hmm. get it on. I like that. I like that. So thinking, thinking, thinking is not going to get them there. They've got to take some action. Very interesting. Thank you so much, Hagen. Uh, do you agree with, did you like the quotes from your fellow panelists? The There's No Crying in Baseball from A League of Their Own and Failure is Simply the Opportunity to Begin Again this time, more intelligently from Henry Ford. Those both resonated with you? Sure. On, on the one hand side, we all know this is not a straightforward path and no one in the whole ecosystem, nor the OEMs, the dealers, the suppliers, or the new startups which are just pushing into the market, no one has the silver bullet. Uh, and there will be a lot of turnarounds, the small adjustment failures, actually what we will see on that way. Uh, but it's important actually to test this out and to try to see, okay, where is the industry developing and what would be maybe the future model of moving from A to B and providing an ecosystem from a supplier business, for sure. So fully agree on both sides. Thank you very much. Glad to have you on board, and I'm going to be watching your tweets here as you're talking and tweeting at the same time, which is something I have learned to do myself. Let's go around the table back to Mike Lakovic at Capgemini. Mike, a couple of personal questions. Uh, well, we know where you are. You're in Orlando at Sapphire Now, SAP's 2019 Sapphire Now. I understand it's the 30th anniversary of the event. I was there broadcasting live a couple of years ago, and it was quite an exciting experience. But let's find out what your favorite drink is, Mike Lakovic that keeps that smile on your face and keeps you happy and energized because I spoke to you about a week ago on our prep call and you were just exuding ebullience and energy and, and excitement about what you do. And number two, tell us what you do at Capgemini. Go ahead, Mike. So I want to start with the drink. I yes. am prototypical Scotch guy. So I'm a Macallan 12, tends to be my routine. But I will tell you, uh, uh, when we celebrate, and there's a lot of opportunity to celebrate in our market right now, I tell a lot of folks that automotive is the place to be. Out of all the markets that my colleagues work in, retail and distribution, we're the best game in town. It's so exciting with the innovation, the disruption. I know it's challenging for some, but for us uh, in the automotive space, many opportunities to celebrate. And when I celebrate, it is with a... Uh, Manhattan, and it's a classic. It's one of the oh, first yes. that, uh, from New York. So it just to me, that screams celebration. We have a lot of we have a lot of opportunity to celebrate. So my role at Capgemini, I'm very fortunate to have uh, the, the role that I do. I get to work with all of our automotive suppliers, tier one and tier two, across North America, and we get to help them figure out amazing things. And there are so many incredible things that our, our clients are doing right now. They are 
changing how they operate internally. They're changing how they engage with their customers. They're figuring out where the market's going. They're trying to, you know, the, the hockey parlance, they're trying to skate to the puck. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, there's just folks that uh, are really spending a lot of energy, positive energy, rebuilding themselves and their companies. The other thing that we see here is the uh, M&A trend. It's been going on for some time. And it isn't just major consolidation, which is clearly there's probably uh, some room for that to occur. But what we're also seeing is a lot of shifting of capability. So one company might sell a plant or a product line to another. And I think that's, uh, that shows sort of this disruption, the innovation, and the openness, the willingness of, of the automotive suppliers to continue to be fluid in the market. So for us, it's very exciting. I have an incredible role. I think I have one of the best jobs in our company, uh, and I'm, I'm obviously quite proud of that. And, and, and Bonnie, I'm going to continue to bring the exuberance to what we do. It's, I love it. Uh, it's an I love it. Place. It comes through all the time, Mike, whenever you speak, it comes through, and that's exciting for all of us to listen to you and be energized by you. Thank you. Ah, There you go. Now let's turn to Judy Kubis. Judy, uh, you and I worked together for a couple of years now on the show, and I'm so happy that you you and Miranda decided to join us live from Sapphire. This is very exciting for me as a broadcaster. So, Judy, why don't you fill us in? Uh, Well, we know where you're usually not in Orlando, so where are you usually calling from? What's your favorite drink that powers you? I know you're a very, very busy executive. And tell us what you're doing these days at SAP. Yes, awesome. Yeah, I'm usually based out of California um, in the Bay Area. Uh, My favorite drink is um, we... I recently just came back from England, and gin is a huge uh, has a ha- is having a huge resurgence there. And I actually picked up uh, a rhubarb gin, which is absolutely delicious. You have it with tonic and a slice of orange. And uh, quite often we have uh, Friday night gin and tonics. Mm. A group of ladies in my neighbourhood, so. It was uh, it, it went down well there as well, so it got the uh, seal of approval. Um, and at SAP, I am now I'm in industry marketing and helping uh, both the IBU automotive team and the industrial machinery and components with content and messaging and events with Miranda. So it's a really interesting role, especially with the changes going on in both of those industries. So I'm. It's a really fun and exciting place to be in SAP at the moment. Industries, especially with all of the innovation that's happening. Judy, I want to move to your neighborhood because all the ladies in my neighborhood do is have a coffee once a month and it's no gin and tonic in sight. So I, I think I'm going to come to your neighborhood. I like the idea of, of ladies getting together for gin and tonic. That sounds delicious. Question for you, Judy. Are you seeing more and more women involved in the automotive industry, whether actually in the production segment, the, the automotive producers, the suppliers, the OEMs, or and or in the, uh, the way you are uh, in terms of software and, and support roles, what are you seeing? It, that's a really interesting question. I think it's, I think it's a bit of a stealth revolution, actually. I think we're hmm. beginning to see more women. Um, there are more women who are taking these roles, but I, I currently don't feel that they're getting the same level of visibility. So I think I think with um, women across most technology industries, there's a lot more women there 
Uh, there's still less women getting into executive positions, although it's still happening. But I think there's still work to be done to get the women that are there the visibility um, that they deserve so that they can be role models for the new generation that's coming up. Very interesting. I'm glad I asked because I know we've had several. We've had Ellen Sesson from SAP on these shows. We've had other women involved in automotive, and I'm always intrigued. It, it conjures up images, Judy, and I'm sure Mike and Hagen are probably smiling because it's images of, of teenage girls hovering over the motor of the car as their dad was fixing the engine or as their boyfriend brought his hot rod up. Oh, let me look under the engine with you. What? You're a girl. What are you doing? Anyway, I'll, I won't get myself in any more trouble here. So thank you very much, Judy. Good insights. Hugging you back. We'd love to get to know you. Where are you usually from? I know you have a, a phone number that tells me you're probably from Germany. And what's your favorite drink that makes you happy to do what you do? And what is your role? Hagen? Thank you, Bonnie. And uh, yes, just maybe also just starting with the drink. I'll start actually with a favorite drink called a sake mojito. And this also Ooh. reflects a bit uh, where I'm located because for the last four and a half years, I was actually living in Japan, in Tokyo, driving there, the automotive business, taking care of the biggest OEMs and suppliers there. And now just coming back actually after this long time back to the other region in good old Europe where I'm originally from. Huh? So this is a, big on, a bit on the background. And the sake mojito, to be honest, it also reflects a bit of the, you know, interna- internationalization and bringing actually the cultures together, which we just saw over the last years also in Japan, this opening of the ecosystem and bringing up actually the different players to one table. This also happens actually in a lot of automotive slash mobility markets yeah, to see. And when I'm thinking on my role, I fully join actually Mike in the statement of, hey, there's no better job currently as working in automotive because so many things are changing and so many things actually where you can just um, drive and uh, establish new models in. This is just great. So what am I doing? I'm leading actually as an industry business director, the automotive solution of SAP. So on the one hand side, we have one big mission, of course. We're responsible for the all, all end-to-end solution portfolio of SAP, what is with automotive, which symbolizes a lot of the classical processes and requirements we have all experienced and seen for the last 20, 25 years, and especially for the interaction between the classical OEMs and suppliers and delivering actually this supply chain with very automotive-specific functionalities, best of breed. This is, of course, one of the things what we are leading and also where we clearly see for the next years a high need that this will be always there. But on the other side, actually, in the next dimension, we are looking with my group also these two or three steps into the future of saying, hey, what's happening actually now with automotive in the next 10, 15 years? Are we really talking about automotive anymore or are we more talking about a mobility ecosystem? And this blurring or vanishing of the industry boundaries between public Utilities, automotive, insurance, this is also something what we see and the ecosystem there breaks up and that's really a great, great and exciting time for me to work in. Wonderful. Thank you, and we're so happy to have you on the show, Hagen. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm here in Durham, North Carolina. It's another beautiful sunny day. Our temperature spread has narrowed from 40 degrees from morning to afternoon high to probably about 20 to 25 degrees, so we're expected to go up to the low 80s today, I believe. I am not allowed to drink caffeinated beverages on radio show day, so all I have here is a cool, clear cup of water. I've switched off my cool mug I brought from New York to something that's black and white with flowers on 
on it because it just seems more summary, which is where we are weather-wise. We are here with you speaking to three very interesting experts in the automotive field. We've got Mike Latkovic, if you're looking for him, L-A-T-K-O-V-I-C. At Capgemini, we've got Judy Cuba. She spells her last name C-U-B-I-S-S at S-A-P and Hagen Huback, and I'll spell his last name H-E-U-B-A-C-H, also from S-A-P. They are calling in live from SAP's Sapphire Now 2019, the 30th anniversary of Sapphire, where innovators, disruptors, experts from all over the world come together to talk about their industries, about new opportunities in software, how to run their businesses better, and what's coming up the road and down the pike. So our topic today is automotive suppliers driving to the cloud. We're going to take a very, very quick break. I promise it'll only be 90 seconds. I'm holding my engineer to a 90-second break, and we'll come right back. We're going to kick off the formal roundtable with Mike Lakovic and talk about what is on his mind in terms of automotive suppliers driving to the cloud. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. Aaron out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. SAP is excited to be a co-innovator with the automotive industry as we help automotive and related companies digitally transform their entire industry and disrupt their existing business models. The Future of Cars with Game Changers brings you insights from the people in the driver's seat who are making this happen. We'll delve into industry challenges and solutions that support ecosystem industries, all to help you succeed in transforming your business and business networks for success in the new digital networked age. Tune in to the Business Channel to hear today's top technology and business strategy thought leaders share expert insights on how the automotive industry is shaping the future of change for all of us. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Future of Cars with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to the future of cars with Game Changers. Absolutely. I'm here with three Game Changers. Mike Lakovic at Capgemini, Judy Cubis at SAP, and Hagen Huback at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Still going to stick with that name. I'm tweeting now at... at Radio Red 777 if you're looking for me. And we're still using the hashtag, hashtag SAP Radio. That's where we are. Mike Lakovic is going to start the roundtable. And here's what he told me before the show. He says, speed, speed, and more speed to market. OEs, tech-savvy competitors, and shrinking product life cycles require automotive suppliers to rapidly adjust their products and supply chains. Mike, please unpack this for us, as they say in the news. Unpack this. Well, thank you for the uh, reintroduction here of this topic. So I think that my colleagues in the market will appreciate and understand what this means. And in, in, this, in the automotive space, you introduced earlier on this notion of CASE, C-A-S-E, connected, autonomous, mm-hmm. shared, and electric. It is obviously, for those that follow our market, changes everything. And those leading market disruptors start to flow all the way through the OEs, through the suppliers, through the component manufacturers, and beyond. What this is requiring 
is a fundamental change to how cars are being bought. Right? So in a shared environment, we're going to see big fleet buys. We're going to see the Ubers of the world eventually try to you know, buy their own vehicles, things of that nature, and customize them for their own service rather than necessarily individuals. We know that the sedan market is shrinking. Mm-hmm. There's big disruptions that are occurring. What we also know is that there's going to be an expectation for more product personalization. There'll be a different series of buyers. Electrification is changing the entire uh, construct of the vehicle, the engine, and everything that goes with it. Our suppliers are adapting to that new product life cycle. We don't have seven years, or we won't have seven years and eight-year and nine-year models. We'll have one-year and two-year and three-year models. So how can we get to market faster? How can we adjust our product sets? How can we adjust our volume and our mix? How do we adjust where we manufacture and how quickly we can get those products to the manufacturers? I also think there's probably aftermarket opportunities to explore. So when we think about those big disruptors case, and it's become a ubiquitous term for everyone out there now, but when we really internalize what that changes and the flow through the supply chain into our suppliers, one of the absolutely critical components, how can I get to market faster? So we look at this and say speed, speed, and more speed. How do I shrink my product life cycle? How do I shrink my innovation? And the other thing that we see is, and this has been going on for some time, but I think it's, it's becoming even more paramount, is the suppliers themselves are becoming in large part a major contributor, that source of innovation. So we now see, rather than just you know, contract manufacturing for an OE, we see the suppliers doing their own version of R&D, looking at their own uh, product expansion, looking at like markets of where, can, where else can I take my product. And I think that's a very exciting opportunity because each supplier is now really starting to build its own almost mini ecosystem for where it can grow and how it can serve different and parallel markets. So speed, speed, and more speed. And a lot of the things that we'll talk about today and a lot of what we're talking about at Sapphire are those core components, the software that SAP provides that, uh, and others that help our suppliers shrink those life cycles, bring down that product cost, figure out this geopolitical, you know, the international trade situations mm-hmm. and things, uh, right? It's about speed. Thank you very much, Mike. Very interesting. Judy Kubis, love to give your thoughts on what Mike just shared. Speed, speed, speed. Is that where it's all about? Yeah, there are a couple of points that I really agree with, Mike. I mean, I think that you said about the innovation and how they're expanding, you know, their footprint. I think um, I, I think it's moving really from the, the sort of the tier one, tier two suppliers to really being a collaboration network. And I think this ability of uh, the suppliers to really contribute to the design and, and really take a leading part in some of these innovations and do end-to-end systems is, is really interesting for them and a really big opportunity. And as they do more of these systems, I think they also have the opportunity to contribute more. It's not just a question of, you know, fitting things together, but really starting to rethink and redesign, you know, some of the components within the cars and really move the, everything to the next level. So I think it's a really exciting time. And I think in conjunction with speed, I mean, everything ch- is changing so fast and they need to be really agile. 
those, they need the speed, but they need to be able to be responsive. Because, I mean, people, everything's so different by regions, you know, by um, depending on the legislation, depending on the incentives, and things are changing very quickly. So they need the speed, but they also need to be agile, agile in their manufacturing, you know, so they need flexible, modular, smart manufacturing to be able to build different um, components on the, the, the lines, and they also need to be able to respond you know, as different markets grow or shrink, um, because I think the projections of, I mean, we all know the projections of electric cars are still, um, the growth is expected to come, but uh, the figures are still maybe not entirely uh, known yet. So they really need to be responsive as this all matures over the next five to 10 years. Thank you, Judy. Let's go around the table to Hagen Newbeck. What would you like to say about speed, 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 Hagen? Thank you. I would definitely enforce that and said, of course, it's all about agility and speed and time to market in a changing ecosystem that we currently have and bringing actually, you know, the future car or the future vehicle to the market. This is a race against different parties, actually, where suppliers have to find their way and redefine also their journey, actually, where they are from this classical OEM first-tier, second-tier relationship where you have clear specifications of, hey, I want that component, and it needs to be delivered in just in time and the sequence for that model. This will, of course, also be there somehow in the future, but it's not everything if you're thinking about, and that may be the dimension to add from my side, in an open ecosystem. Now, if we're talking about autonomous cars, autonomous vehicles connected on the car, these are complex systems where we see already this change from the last 50 years where we said, hey, the last 50 years ago, a car was mainly mechanical and the electronic part was a little bit smaller and the software part was not there at all. Then we had a time during the 2000s where we said, yes, electronical end-to-end systems also injected more and more into the car like an ESP or an ABS system, for example. And software was still somewhere around the corner. But nowadays, we're talking about this complete upside-down shift where we said, yes, we have a mechanical component. Yes, we have an electric part of it. But the software um, approach or the software part will be so much higher and influence this one. This will only be possible if you uh, act in an open ecosystem. And suppliers actually have to find this interaction between um, the OEMs which are classical end assembly manufacturer, but also other peers where they say, hey, we're building together an end-to-end system which is able actually to drive on the street, to manage seamlessly, that I'm moving forward over the powertrain, also be connected with all the sensors around the car and build this also in an integrated software. So these are the three big components what we're seeing in here. And then, okay. of course, mm-hmm. this is the, the other thought from my side, we're really reflecting this into flexibility on software side because testing out the systems and injecting this from different angles over cloud-based software, this will be also a huge challenge from their side. 
Thank you very much, Hagen. Uh, in the interest of time, Mike, and I think we had a good discussion on your speed, speed, and more speed, I'm going to move on to something from Judy. And we've been talking software. It keeps getting interjected into the conversation. So, Judy, I'm looking at your notes. And let's talk about your quote from David Tohig, T-O-W-H-I-G, at Byton. He's Vice President and Chief Vehicle Engineer at B-Y-T-O-N. I even have his Twitter handle here. And you say, data, data, data. Data power may replace horsepower. It's very important to have the IT infrastructure to be able to analyze data and draw insights. Judy, why don't you tell us why you picked this quote to send to me, not your opening quote, but part of your discussion statements, and how this has to do with automotive suppliers driving to the cloud, which is our topic. Judy? Yeah, uh, so David recently spoke at a CARS uh, conference in um, Silicon Valley, which was the bridging the Detroit-Silicon Gallup. It was called Bridging the from Detroit to Silicon Valley. And I, this quote from David just really stuck with me. Data power will replace horsepower because I think as software and sensors and just as cars become autonomous and are electrified, it's really important to have the IT infrastructure there available to be able to analyze data. And it gives um, not only automotive companies but um, suppliers a big opportunity to sort of draw insight. Uh, we have a, an automotive, um, a company, Exide, who is doing connected batteries at the moment. And they have, they recently won one of our innovation awards, the Industry Destruction Award. And they're using usage data from their batteries to analyze usage, to improve maintenance, improve warranties. And this is one example of where you can take the data and really drive improvements throughout all of your business processes. I think that this is going to become really important across the entire ecosystem. I think um, experience data, which is obviously featured here really highly as well at Sapphire Now, I mean, experience data is really sort of changing the way that people interact with their customers. They're really understanding how their products are used, you know, where the problems are, where they need to improve it. That can just, that can be either from a, a usage perspective or a function fit perspective. I mean, we've got examples of companies who've used experience data right at the beginning of the cycle to figure out, you know, what kind of products they should create. Rivian's a great example of that. They used um, initial research an experience to really decide, define their sort of product strategy. So they went more for trucks in the U.S. market versus high-end luxury cars. And so I think these examples are going to be uh, more forefront. And the last one, the last point, although uh, we haven't mentioned it yet, is security. As, mm-hmm. as we move towards autonomous and as software is used more, um, being make, making sure that the data is secure, that cars can't be hacked, is going to become increasingly important. Thank you, Judy. Hagen, talk to me. What do you think? Agree or disagree with everything Judy said about data, data power and horsepower? What's your thought? Yeah, how couldn't I not disagree? Uh, disagree. (laughs) Now, of course, fully in, in line with Judy because... I mean, of course, data are the new fuel on the last point, actually, what she mentioned on security. I mean, you know, this is all part on the two aspects. The one is clearly, of course, cost providing 
secure autonomous systems on the street which are able to be not hacked so that someone cannot take over. And of course, it's a big responsibility from suppliers actually uh, was to, to provide the security. Yeah? And I mean, we, we have seen through the last years also a lot of challenges in there yeah? when you think about, okay, future updates on software will be also deployed over the cloud directly in autonomous vehicles. Data and security is the one thing to go. Yeah? On the other side, and it's also what we clearly see that uh, in autonomous vehicles and future mobility to supplier, it's also the access to the real-life car data by ourselves. Yeah? So OEMs are still somehow under the impression, yes, somehow the car data are relevant from our side and they belong to, to us as an OEM. But in the future, this will clearly not be the case. That the car data belong at the end to the driver or the one who is actually processing on the street on the vehicle, and he is, needs to opt in somehow and will deploy it neutrally to the market on a neutral server base where you could say, I can access the data on different angles. So yes, data, of course, and security is a big thing. Thank you very much. Mike Lakovic, talk to me. What would you like to say on this topic? Well, we certainly have a strong alignment on this topic. I think that uh, we would all very much agree that data is the how can you overemphasize the criticality of data if i uh, maybe take a different angle at this at this topic I'll, I'll say there's you know buckets of data and for our listeners i'm going to use some generic terms so i don't sound like a techie <laughs> so we've got perish the thought data. <laughs> there you go stuff internal the stuff that makes the company work You've got orders internally and parts and all, all the things that anybody that uh, works in operations knows well. It is ever more important that that data be clean, accessible, fast, greased lightning in terms of uh, how we want to process our analytics so we make the best and fastest decisions we can. There's a lot of really impressive things that are out there in the market and some of the uh, com companies are doing around the analytics to, again, really optimize our internal expectations. We also touched on, I'm going to call it the market data, the stuff that's out there in the world, coming off vehicles, coming off your phone. That's the information, that's the data that is really revolutionizing the opportunities that we have. We can start to see the world in a new place, see consumer behavior, driving patterns. And, and if we can really activate that information, that data, and we can flow it all the way back to our research and development, to our product designers, to even how we package and ship goods, we can really shake things up. That data uh, can also be monetized, and that's a new frontier for us, is how do I take all that incredible information and actually either make money from it or improve my customer experience or the best of the best, do both. So I think it's, uh, you know, in terms of trying to figure out these interesting things, uh, we get into a lot of conversations with very smart people who have these incredible ideas. I mean, just really these, these brilliant moments that come to you on a Saturday night at 10 p.m. and mm -hmm. it pops in your head. And it's those are the kind of innovations and those are the innovators that we think can really change uh, how this market works and uh, this next generation that we see and uh, give them the products and services that they might be looking for. So Thank again, you very much. Data, Thank, absolutely yep. critical, of course. 
Of course. And I want to move on. We have just a few minutes left till we go to our predictions round called the crystal ball. But I'm looking at Hagen-Huback's notes here, and here's something about how suppliers need to look in innovatively. Uh, let me just read this from his statement, and then, Hagen, you can start this, and we'll go around the table and see what Mike and Judy have to say. He say, if suppliers in automotive are to stay ahead of the curve, they will need to make strategic investments in technology R&D, either on their own or through joint ad, joint ventures, and I want to say adventures. Some suppliers may need to expand their portfolios, investing in non-core types of businesses in order to manage margins and profitability. Ultimately, the industry may see some consolidation. That could have been, I could have saved that for your prediction. Hagen, tell me about this investments in tech R&D. How are suppliers going to be involved in that? Yeah, of course. And I mean, I mean, we see this in from different angles. Now, as you said, on the one hand, we will see joining uh, forces on pure technology side. I'll give you an example. One of our customers, Osram Continental, as two suppliers, actually joining into the new heading of lighting business from pure lighting company to electrification company actually in there. And therefore, actually building this synergies and then merging sooner or later either way together. And the other one is of thinking, okay, like an end-to-end system integrator of saying, hey, what do I need to add to my portfolio to build actually the end-to-end system, which provides the future, I would say, powertrain to battery business. Yeah? The powertrain will be for sure replaced by batteries, but what does it need actually to fulfill my portfolio in there? On the other hand, you also could see one or two of the real big ones from the first tier. Actually, if you think about it, and it's a little bit maybe provocative also to my other two uh, speakers today, they have all the technology at hand to bring actually a vehicle also by themselves to the market, which might not go into the passenger segment, but maybe into segments of last mile delivery in a city where you say, hey, I just need maybe a small autonomous, fully connected car, which is able actually to deploy goods on the last mile. And this might be something to think about. Thank you very much. Mike, love to hear your thoughts on this. Agree or disagree with this drive toward technology R&D investments with or without joint ventures and the consolidation. What are you seeing? I couldn't agree more with what Nagan has to say. The the ability to move in this market historically has been around your internal capability and capacity and, and manufacturing concepts and capabilities. What we see now is the ability to move in the market is as much about your partnerships, your alliances, your innovations. You know, we saw Bosch make a relationship to enter into a new, in, in, try to enter into the battery space. 18 months later, they've you know, said, well, m- maybe not. That's a fantastic sign of, of a market that's alive, that's testing things, that's trying to create these alliances and new patterns to bring capabilities and partnerships to bear rather than, spending 10 years building an internal capability with an exceptionally large capital investment, we say, hey, you know what, we're going to partner up with you and we're going to move in that direction. And I think that's, again, it's, it's a very positive sign from our perspective on, you know, this notion of innovation. It's a new business concepts, new ways of achieving, you know, market relevancy. Uh, but in terms of the suppliers themselves, yes, also certainly agree that the innovation, uh, I think we, we chatted about this just a little bit ago, a lot of the innovation that we're seeing is now coming from the supply base. Uh, that's a trend that's been really started. We could almost go back 20 plus years on that. But in terms of the pace of that innovation, 
uh, has really picked up quite a bit. And we see some of these mega suppliers, really the large global tier ones that are heavily investing in, in key areas that they want to enter into. But the other thing we see is the experimentation, right? Mm-hmm. They're testing new concepts and new capabilities. They're putting a toe in the water and they're saying, hey, as a company, does this fit for us? And I think that experimentation is another sign of innovation in a fluid market. Thank you. I like that word, experimentation. Judy Cubis, I'm going to let you wrap this one up, and then, Mike, you please get ready with your prediction. I'll give you each 60 seconds. But, Judy, thoughts on the concept of R&D investments by automotive suppliers? What are you seeing? Well, with the risk of being boring, I completely agree as well. I mean, I think <laughs> that they need to create a culture of innovation and responsiveness. I think that's the only way they're going to survive, and I think it's it's great that we're seeing it in so many different ways. I mean, in Silicon Valley, we're seeing so many innovation centers, you know, different consortiums where suppliers and automotives are trying to get closer to startups where they can learn from each other. Because at the end of the day, you still need to manufacture a car and that mm-hmm. requires a certain amount of skill and, um, you know, know-how. And I, I, think, I think some of the suppliers are really... Embracing this innovation, there was a blog that I was reading about Bosch and their whole innovation process, and they are doing the sort of startup venture capital internally to sort of, um, you know, uh, cultivate new ideas and innovations. So I think uh, I think I agree with everything that Argan and Mike have said, and I think it's going to be the only way that um, the suppliers survive to, you know, in this um, changing um, environment. Thank you very much, Judy. Mike Lakovic, 60 seconds, predictions. What do you see in the crystal ball in terms of what's going to keep automotive suppliers in business or who will drop out in the next five years? What's your prediction? Mr. Lakovic, go. My big, bold prediction is that we're going to continue to see mega consolidation, that we will see a number of major Tier 1 suppliers rise to the top, start to really consume and dominate market share. We'll see a number of specialty tier ones really move into, we're going to refer to it as a niche, a comfortable niche that will continue to thrive as these products evolve and change. Uh, We will also see those, both the mega tier ones and I'll refer to them as niche uh, tier ones really start to continue to drive that product innovation. And the, as the OEs, move more towards services and less towards core product or or physical product innovation. So I see a lot of that shifting. My big, bold prediction for today. Thank you very much. And I just found breaking news. GM Cruises valuation swells to $19 billion as T-Row buys in, joining existing backers, including Honda Motor and SoftBank Vision, Vision Fund. Just wanted to tell you that. Just came across my Twitter feed there. Judy Cubis, love to get your predictions. Automotive suppliers, the future. Go ahead. Well, I, I think, uh, sort of going back to Hagen's point, I think the ones that will be successful are the ones that really focus on innovation, the ones that, you know, really focus on the technology and the products and, and sort of think outside of the box and sort of take advantage of the changing environment and find a new place for themselves within the value chain. So I think the ones that really focus on innovation especially those that are agile and can adapt to a sort of changing demand in the region. 
Thank you, Judy. Hagen, you back. You get the final word on predictions. And you know what, Hagen? They were so concise. I can give you 90 seconds. Use them well. Go ahead, Hagen. It's a gift. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Either way, I will keep it short because, you know, bold predictions need to be short. So here's my bold prediction, actually. You know, suppliers, actually, who are able to run the business while at the same time disrupt the business will, in the pole position, actually, on leading themselves into this new mobility. I mean, at the end, we will still talk about wonderful engineered components, end-to-end systems, which need to provide different kind of layers from the mechanical, electrical, and of course, also the system and software engineering part. These are all the three things. And on the one hand side, we will see, of course, this merger, Mike said, and off the other side, yeah, we see, okay, new players pushing into the market. But for the suppliers who are able to combine both worlds of saying, hey, we're able, of course, to deliver components which are relevant for the car of the future. And we still talk about a car which relates to emotions, to people at the end, maybe mm-hmm. in outer areas or in high-end products, while on the other side, in very urban um, areas, for example, providing new featured software-driven mobility services in business. This is actually the, the end game where we see in 15, 20 years suppliers are leading on. Thank you very much. I have a quick bonus question. I've got a couple of extra seconds here, but we got to go fast, starting with Mike Lakovic at Capgemini. Mike, 2025, will you still have keys in your pocket to your own vehicle in your driveway or your garage, or will you be part of the sharing economy? Real fast, yes or no? I will have my own car until someone takes it away from me. Thank you. I'm with you, kiddo. Uh, Judy Kubis, will you be driving your own car? Will you be part of uh, autonomous or that you don't own or sharing or subscription? I will not own a car. I will be part of autonomous and sharing. Why would you drive when someone else can drive for you? Ooh, well, some of us love our love our rides. Hagen, will you have your own car in 2025? How could I? Thinking about living in a city of Tokyo, I'm, of course, on a pay-per-use subscription-based model where I also can exchange between cars, uh, street scooters, e-bikes, and everything what brings me from A to B, not only in a city, also outside. So maybe uh, multimodal between different I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you all for answering my question. Judy Kubis and Miranda LeBate, you did it. I don't think anybody else has been brave enough to do a show from Sapphire, and this worked out extremely well. We heard all three of you. You were all focused. Really appreciate it. Shout out to Aaron Keller, my engineer at the Business Channel team at World Talk Radio. And here's my call to action. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for today. Fasten your seatbelt. Well, we're talking future of cars. You still got to have a seatbelt somewhere. What do you waiting for. Go out and be a game changer today, just like Mike Lakovic at Capgemini. And a shout out to Dan Chamberlain, who joined him on the prep call, just like Judy Kubis at SAP, and just like Hagen Dubeck at SAP. Have a great day. Those of you at Sapphire, go get loaded on technology and optimism and forward thinking. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Business Channel on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to the Future of Cars with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.